Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. John said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foam pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornborough, and glad you're joining me again today. This is May 17th, 2020, and this is episode 141. and got a great one for you today. If you're interested in urban homesteading especially, because that's what we're going to talk about got a guest on with a great success story in urban homesteading and how she's been able to just grow a lot of food for her family on a on a fairly small piece of land in the city and i'm always excited to talk to folks like that because it's where i come from it's what i do and i just know that that's where a majority of people are they're in places that aren't ideal for homesteading and yet they have a desire to homestead so i love doing podcasts like this for those folks even if you're on a bigger piece of piece of land i think there's a lot you can get get from this and i think it'll really be an encouragement for you so uh yeah just a great guest with Anne marie she goes by dash she's from bloom where you're planted.com and uh, she just has a great story and uh, a great little homestead she's going to talk about before we jump into that i thought i'd just share with you a few things that are going on here on my homestead we have our um uh, quail uh, chicks hatch and uh, they're doing good i only ended up with about a 50 percent uh, hatch rate not great, but you know it's a blessing to have the uh, the chicks here. And as a matter of fact, they're about uh, 15 feet away from me across the room, uh, chirping away. I hope they ain't uh, making too much noise, but they're doing real good. I didn't lose one. Everything that hatched um, is in the brooder about four days ago, and uh, they're looking good. Uh, they're 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 look strong. So I think we got a really good uh, little flock of uh, quail there. So uh, I will be having to expand some more here soon, get some more going because I wanted a few more than that than what I have, but. Um, uh, still just glad to have some hatch there. Uh, I've heard, I've been hearing a lot of people having trouble uh, with their hatch rates this year. I don't know why, uh, but, uh, I mean, 50% is not great, but it, I'll take it. Um, gardens looking great. Uh, just, you know, we had that little, uh, uh, frost and freeze we had to get through and then the temperatures went right back up and the rain's been perfect and things are just growing great. So we got through the tough times and it looks like things are going to be really good here going forward, uh, just blowing up. I mean, we've had some good storms come through and some nice high temperatures and it's just made that, that garden just explode. So really enjoying to see that, uh, really enjoy seeing that. 
just about have some ripe strawberries. I was out there looking a little bit ago and got some strawberries are starting to turn red, so won't be too long be munching on those. And that's always a great thing to, to dive into and get the grandkids uh, chewing on some strawberries. So just a lot of great things uh, going on here on the homestead. And I just love this time of the year. This is just when the life starts happening. And I just, I'm just always excited and, and just motivated this time of the year just to see how things are going. So uh, with that, let's just jump right into our um, interview with Dash. I think you're really going to enjoy this, especially if you're in an urban situation looking to homestead. So let's just get right into that. Well, I'm joined today on the podcast by Anne Marie. Now she goes by uh, Dash and she can explain her why that is here in a minute, but uh, she has a blog at Bloom Where You're Planted and a YouTube channel. And I'm really glad to have her on today. So uh, uh, Dash, welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Hi, Harold. I'm so glad to be here. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I was going to say, the way you do it is so um, relaxing and just sets me at ease when I listen to it. So I love it. Well, I like the casual conversation because, uh, well, that's just the way I am. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like a set bunch of questions and you know do it a certain way. I just like to talk to people, you know, and talk to people and hear their story mm-hmm. and hear how they got into this and what they're doing. And it's just, you know, casual conversation. It's what I like to do. And I think a lot of people do like to hear it like that, too. So mm-hmm, Definitely. Yeah, well, you uh, you're in a a situation a lot like me on a small urban property, and you uh, you do a lot. I've been watching your YouTube channel and, and and seeing your posts in Facebook for a long time, and I've always been impressed by all the things you're doing. I mean, you're doing a lot, and you're doing it in a place like we were, you and I were just talking about right before we started this podcast, in a place where a lot of people think it's more ideal because you have a lot of the hot temperatures and you're able to start really early and garden really late. You're in Texas. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you also deal with some pretty severe heat in the summer. So it isn't quite as rosy as a lot of people uh, like to think it is, but uh, you're doing it in a, in, a, in a place where, you know, you have your own challenges for sure. So why don't you take a minute or two and just tell us what got you going down this path and just a little bit about yourself. Okay, sure. Um, well, it all started, my whole journey, everything I'm doing now started with one prayer. Um, and that prayer was, Lord, please help me feed my family. Mm-hmm. And we were we were not meeting our food needs, period, let alone um, organic, fresh, healthy food, you know, and pasture-raised meat. That just wasn't affordable to us. And so I sent this prayer up, and I had, you know, it's funny. God has this idea for your life sometimes that you wouldn't even imagine for yourself. <laughs> right. And, and that was my case. Um, I just... I thought he might increase my husband's salary. You know, that's kind of what I was, the plan I had in mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing, every time I would pray that prayer, I kept hearing, let's grow this. Let's grow this. And I thought, what? That is crazy. I've never <laughs> grown food in my life. I had never eaten fresh kale. I didn't even know what it looked like. <laughs> and I had this shady backyard. I mean, it's just covered with shade. There's a huge oak tree. So I'm not growing anything back there. So I thought, that's just impossible. And it's just like, I just heard the Lord smile more than anything and think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a God of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would drive around my neighborhood and I saw this field over in a church near me. And every time I drive by that field, I would think, well, there's a place I can grow some food. And I just heard the Lord just smile and say, perfect. And so it took a couple of weeks and then I just, took my toddler by the hand, I marched over to the church, and I introduced myself to the pastor. 
and I said, have you ever thought about um, doing a community garden in that field over there? And quite a coincidence, <laughs> he said, well, we happen to have a group of people that are just starting the community garden. Do you want to join in? Uh, <laughs> and I, wow. <laughs> I looked up at heaven and I thought, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, me and about seven people, just a handful of us, we took that field from field to community garden. And it was, it was really something. It was hard work and it was, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, how to create a community garden from a <laughs> <Yeah>. field. <laughs> Yeah, then, you know, I think that's great. I mean, there's a lot of people that would probably, you know, would want to know how you get something like that started. But for you, it was just, I just asked and, you know, and things kind of came together and there it was. And you and I, we don't believe in coincidences. So, you know, we know, right. we know who's in charge of that. But, but that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, so you started, so really you started at a community garden. Yeah, that's where I started. Hmm. And, um, actually the pasture that we started with was replaced quite quickly once we got the garden up going and a new pastor came in and we were all nervous because we thought, Oh, you know, are they going to want us to shut it down? And you know, what's he going to be like? <laughs> and he was the best gardener. I mean, he knew how to grow some food, <laughs> serious food. So he was my teacher. That was wow. my classroom. And I learned, and it was like a crash course because everyone's there from different nationalities and they all have, di you know, different foods that they're growing. That I'd never seen. And, you know, it was just, it was amazing. How, how long ago was that? Everyone. I was about, oh, 10 or 11 years ago. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you kind of migrate from there uh, to your home or did, or are you still part of a community garden there? I, I don't know. I'm not part of the community garden. I gave my plot up to a really sweet family because, yeah, I moved home into my front yard. And that's that's a story in itself when um, I would be gardening, and I talk to God when I garden. So I'm praying and talking to God. I'm listening. And I hear this, well, let's bring it closer to home. And I was like, okay, well, I don't see how that's going to work because I, my backyard, like I said, is total shade. I'm not growing anything back there. So I said to myself, well, I said to the Lord, well, the only place I really could grow food would be in my front yard. And again, I just heard him smile, just like, perfect. <laughs> Let's do that. And I thought, that's crazy. I'm not a front yard gardener. I mean, I like to like fit in. I do not like to stick out. <laughs> so I thought about that. And I thought, I don't know how, you know, how to erect a fence was the main thing because without a fence, we learned at the cleaning garden, the first lesson we learned was if you plant it, the rabbits will come. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I did have money to to do what, to establish a front yard garden because, you know, filling raised beds is, you know, it's expensive. It takes money to do all that. Sure, yeah. So I was trying to feed my family, not, you know, have an expensive hobby. <laughs> so, yes, but... We did a community garden. I mean, we did a <clears throat> front yard garden. We established it, and it, yeah, it was amazing. Every one of those obstacles, would, the Lord just took down before us as we came up against each one. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's kind of break into that just a little bit and with a little bit more detail. Now, you needed a fence. I mean, did you did you uh, use use materials to build a fence? I mean, you didn't have the money to buy a fence. I mean, did it just fall into your hands and get stuff donated to you? I mean, how did that work out? Right, yeah, I decided to do it with free pallets. 
Mm, yeah. So what what I did was I broke down the pallets and uh, cut them off, and it looks like a it looks like a pretty nice picket fence, I think. Mm-hmm. So all I had to buy were the um, the wood posts that went between them, and mm. it was so wonderful. A, f- a good friend of mine, sadly, he was going through a, a hard divorce, and he's like a brother to me. And he ended up moving on my block and running a house on my block, and he has this engineering mind. So it's like God just provided someone, and it was a relief for him to come down and garden with me. He's helped me build the fence, and he said, well, tell you what, I'll help you create it if you'll let me have two of the raised beds. And I'll even, you know, I'll even pay to get them established. You know, we'll, we'll do two raised beds that are going to be mine, and I'll garden for a while. And so... Yeah, it was just, it was really neat how that came together. Yeah, I've used pallets quite a bit on my homestead too. I've actually, actually have one section of fence. There's a real small area between my house and the neighbor's fence. And, and I actually built a pretty tall, uh, uh, picket type fence there with pallets. And it's pretty, it's pretty tall. It's like six foot tall, but I had these really long pallets that I had and I was able to make a really nice looking uh, section of uh, fence there for free. And I, of course, I've used pallets for raised beds. I've used pallets a lot around here as just free pallets. So it's a good way. It's a good resource for, for uh, building things like that. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. And I did put, I should say, I put chicken wire. I buried the chicken wire a little bit and took it up about halfway. Mm-hmm. So the fence is not very high. It's about three feet high. Yeah. But then I have chicken wire coming up halfway stapled to the midpoint of the pallet so that um, rabbits can't get in because, yeah, so, like I said. But the city had quite a bit to say about the front yard fences. It is not hard to have a garden in the front yard. Mm. They allow that. But... When you're trying to do a front yard fence, they mm-hmm. have fence ordinances, and which makes sense because you wouldn't want, you know, down your street to have everyone have a six foot fence around their front yard, you know, of a different type. I can see how that wouldn't look good, or you know. So yeah, they had a lot to say about that. So that was that was pretty pretty incredible how that got taken care of too. So you were end up you ended up being okay with that though, and they ended up letting you have that, and it was all okay. We did. We did. In the end, we went back and forth, but it was really neat. My neighbors came together, and they all wrote letters to the city mm-hmm. that they wanted me to be able to keep my garden. Oh, wow. And it was so neat. So I still have the letters. Everyone's probably getting them out and read them when I'm discouraged because, I mean, it was so honoring the way they said, this is like a victory garden. And, you know, I see her out there working with her family. And this, this is what we need in our neighborhood, you know. So it was really neat. And they even came down. My neighbors came down the morning the city was going to come inspect it. They were going to come and, like, tell me. <laughs> I mean, the first indication I got that the city had a problem is they came to my door and they said, you better have this down by Saturday or you'll be fine. I mean, it was that type of confrontation oh, wow. at first. But then it worked into, we worked with them, and like I said, my neighbors came down when I met with them, when they came to inspect it, and everybody was really for it, and so it ended up just working back and forth, and it, really pleasant. They were really nice people. They they wanted it. They wanted it, I think, as much as I did in the end. Yeah, yeah but they just wanted it to be within the law. <laughs> what a blessing to have some great neighbors like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, Yeah, you had a lot of things just happen that just kind of fell into place. And yeah, I guess, uh, it's all working out. Now you, so you have, so all your entire uh, vegetable garden is in your front yard. Yep. And you're Mm -hmm. you're raising some livestock in the backyard though, right? Yes, because it's so shady. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really good for the animals because it's deep, deep shade. So yeah, I raise rabbits 
and I, have, of course, have chickens. And right now I have, for the first time, I have a mother hen. I have a rooster now. And so I have a mother hen out there, and she's hatching eggs as we speak. So it should oh, be a wow. fun weekend. She's got oh, two great. chicks out. Uh-huh. So it should be fun. Yeah, it's always exciting. I mean, I, I use an incubator to, to I hatch quail eggs, and I, I don't care how many times I do it. It's it's always just as fascinating as the first time it happens. Every time it happens, I just love watching it. I know. I can imagine. Hey, my uh, husband is going to help me build an incubator for Mother's Day, so I'm so excited that's yeah, what that's this weekend is gonna, we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, though, that your city doesn't have any ordinances, evidently, on, on having uh, uh, livestock on in the city. Yeah, that's really nice. We have a, a complaint-driven system, so as long as no one complains mm. about it, yeah. then you can have them. That, that's yeah. how – I mean, I always tell people we're not allowed to have them, and, and that's true. We're not, but we but it's actually the same way. It's actually complaint-driven here as well. As long as your neighbors are okay with it, they won't make you get rid of it. But if one neighbor complains, so if you make one neighbor mad or something, uh, yeah, they'll oh, yeah. make you get rid of everything, and that's how it is here. Yep. And uh, I've never had any problems, but I've had two friends that had chickens here in town, and one of them had chickens for over 10 years. They got a new neighbor and they didn't like it i mean that person moved in and within a week they they called in on them and they had to get rid of those chickens and they'd been living there and had chickens for over 10 years oh that is terrible that would be awful yeah and even a police officer lived right on the other side of him for years and they never cared but as as soon as they got a call they had to make him get rid of them because it was complaint driven yeah i always hate Uh, that yeah yeah that's why i like my quiet livestock because i don't have to if you can't hear it smell it or see it it really doesn't exist as far as the neighbors are concerned <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, well for the first time I have a rooster, so um yeah. I work I worked that out in a kind of a crazy way. I have a little condo in the garage for him. Mm-hmm. So I take him at night off the roost when he's sleeping. I put him in his little condo in the garage and then I let him out at eight o'clock in the morning because I think that's a reasonable hour to mm-hmm. begin crowing instead of five because he'll start at five o'clock in the morning crowing if I don't do that. <laughs> So yeah, then, then you'll probably get a call and probably have to get rid of them if you did too much of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. So well, we'll that's, see. This is the first season I've had him. So I'm yeah. getting for chicks out of him. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so you was able to grow some food in that backyard, that shaded backyard after all. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Just, just not right. like you were I just, was, just yeah, wasn't the way you were thinking, but. <laughs> that's right. I'm thankful for it now because all that shade is great in Texas. Yeah. So how many raised beds do you have in your front yard? Uh, let's see. I have 10. 10 raised beds. And, and, and so you're growing up. You're growing quite a bit of food in those beds for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, are you able, your, your your prayer in the beginning of this, what you were praying for was to, you know, feed your family. I mean, are you able to provide a, a, a really large portion of your, your family's food throughout the year with what you have there? Yeah, I think so. And and more than anything, it's um Increase the nutrition in our diet because we were eating processed food and yeah. packaged food, the sad American diet. And so it's definitely our diet has totally changed. And the one thing I'm going to say is we eat very seasonally. So, like, I haven't had a squash all year since last summer, you know, a yellow squash, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because we eat what's coming out of the garden seasonally. And so it's not like we can have, you know, um, lettuce in the summertime. We're not having salads in the summertime. You know, we're eating those vegetables that are coming off the garden. So it's kind of a little bit different, um, yeah, than just buying the food at the store, but it's really cool. 
So do you do a lot of preserving them? Do you put put up a lot in canning and, and things like that? You know, I really haven't. I guess because I have such a big family, the mm-hmm. weirdest thing to eat it. Yeah. And I've kind of learned not to grow a whole bunch of something because then we have excess. So I've kind of just a small variety of everything. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mentioned earlier where you live and the struggles of the summer and the heat and those kind of things. But you are in Texas, so you do kind of get those two grow seasons, so it does kind of spread your food out throughout the year a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We kind of have a short season at the beginning in the springtime, and then we have this hotter-than-hell period where it's really hard to grow stuff. And you end up spending more water, more money on water than you would coming mm. out of the garden, you know, expense. So I kind of shut down during that summer, hotter than hell period. And then I ramp back up for the fall and have another short growing season. But then sometimes the winter can be amazing. Like this one, it was super mild and I gardened all winter. I just covered things when it froze. So sometimes like we can also garden all winter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're doing uh, quite a bit on a little tiny piece of property, which a lot of people think just isn't possible. So what do you have to say to people like that? Yeah, it it totally is. There's there's so much you can do, just like your property, so much you can do mm-hmm. on a small property. Yeah, and I just, I had always wanted to, to go out in the country, to be honest. I'd always yeah. wanted some property, but that just didn't happen for us financially. And so I just finally decided... I'm just going to bloom where I'm planted. I'm just, this is, this is where I've got to work with. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. 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 I love that. Now, because of what, I mean, you're growing a lot of vegetables, of course, are you doing any kind of uh, fruit trees or, or, or berry bushes or anything like that? I have a fig tree that's mm-hmm. going strong. It's about four years old. So it's starting to really produce. And then uh, I have a, did you be in Texas? It's, difficult to grow the classic like apple yeah and we have when we try to grow pears we have a big blight Mm -hmm. um disease on the pears so it's kind of hard to grow those traditional trees so i have a jujube tree um it's kind of like um they taste kind of like dates yeah um they're kind of sweet and dry you know when you dry them you take them and dry them so i have one of those um and i have elderberry bushes Mm -hmm. and i have I don't know how to say this, but it's a little red. I know you have them in your homestead, those little red berries. Yeah, I have goji berries like that, but you have something different. It's goji berries. That's goji what it berries. Is. Okay, no, yeah, goji yeah. Berries. Yeah, I have those, and those grow well here. Um, and then a friend of mine gave me a plum tree, like an old-fashioned plum tree that he brought to different homesteads, had for a long time, Um so he gave me that. So I have a plum tree. And then for the first time, we're just starting this year, blueberries and strawberries. So okay, my yeah. son is super excited about that. Oh, and we have blackberries. Oh, yeah. the blackberries are, are just about to come on. They're amazing. And my son loves that. He loves to go out and pop oh. those blackberries in his mouth. Okay. So quite a bit. You have quite a bit of, you know, quite a few berries and, and, and quite a bit of fruit around there, even on that small piece of property. How big is your property, would you say? I would say it was about maybe a third of an acre but most of that is house you know yeah so So, i mean there's still plenty of room i mean there's still so much you can do on a lot that size mine's uh well what i used to have it was smaller than that and i was growing quite a bit so you're doing you're doing a lot with the space you have no doubt about it now you're raising your livestock you have you have rabbits and you have chickens um do you raise any is any of that for meat or is it just for the eggs and then fertilizer or what are you doing with that the chickens for the eggs 
This is the first time that I, since I've got a rooster, I'm going to produce some chickens and I will have to eat the roosters. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and then the rats are for meat. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Are you process those yourself or do you have somebody else do that? I do. I do process them. When, when I first started with chickens, I could never have imagined killing anything, you know, 10 years ago when I started. Um, but I got, I went for some chickens and it was straight run at a tractor supply store, right? So my kids each picked out two. So we had a dozen, ended up dozen, ended up 11 of them were roosters. So we had one hen. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I learned. That's, it was a crash course in, um, harvesting chickens because they started crowing. I mean, they were having a crowing contest and at early in the morning, it was so loud. And my husband woke up. I remember he said, honey, the police are going to be here by noon. You better do something about that. (laughs) Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So, I mean, it was something you weren't raised to do, though. I mean, you'd never done that before, and uh, you made the decision to do that. Was that a tough decision, or was it something you had to kind of overcome? Or was you pretty set in your mind that it was something you were prepared to do to feed your family? That was hard. Okay, yeah. the butchering. I really had – I wanted them for eggs. I really had no no concept of doing that. Um, yeah, never yeah. – gotten. <laughs> but I had to do those roosters. After I did the roosters, I was okay, that was hard, you know, the killing the part, killing them the part is hardest, but then mm-hmm. after it, okay, I can do this. This is something that I can do. So now I don't feel the same way about it. And I love, I feel like I want to, I eat meat. My family eats meat. So I want to give those animals the best life mm-hmm. and treat them well. And then they're going to provide for us. So yeah, it makes sense now. But at the time when I started, <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, I, I talk to a lot of, you know, non-homesteaders who are like, I don't know how you could do that, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, but you went down to KFC and had a bucket of chicken. And, you know, it's, for, for me, it's like knowing where your food comes from and knowing what it takes to eat that and then feeling the weight of that, you know, is to me responsible. Yes. Um, even if you, you're not going to do it all the time, you should at least know the process, I think, if you're going to be a meat eater mm-hmm, and understand mm-hmm. it and, and come to the reality of it that this is, you know, this is a life and, and it's feeding you. And I think it gives you a level of an appreciation for those animals and the process of raising animals for meat um, and, and what it takes to get it on your plate. Uh, than, than you could ever have if you don't ever put yourself in, in some part of the process of that, you know, and, and I don't think a lot of people understand that, mm-hmm. but I go to a restaurant and if I have, you know, we don't eat out a lot, but if I do and I look down my plate and there's meat there, I think about that now, you know, I, I think about that where, you know, I think a person who has never done that just doesn't think about that. They don't think that that was an animal and mm-hmm. they don't think about the process, but then there, sometimes those folks are pretty quick to condemn somebody or, or, or just, you know, they fail to understand how you could do such a thing. And it's like, but you have no problem eating it, you know. And and, and I think it's important. Right. I think it's great that you kind of came to terms with that and said, you know, this is part of feeding my family healthy and giving that animal a good life. It's a responsibility level on making sure that you're eating animals that were taken well care of um, when they were alive, you know. And I, I just, I like the whole process. I mean, there's so many things to not like about killing an animal, 
But when you mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of the process, it just gives you an appreciation for it that most people don't have. Yeah, it really does. And my kids, I asked them, "Where does your meat come from?" You know, when we started this, and they would say the grocery store. Well, mm-hmm. where does it come from before that? And honestly, I mean, they were little, but they would say the back of the grocery store. I mean, they really <laughs> had no, they didn't have that concept right. of this came from a living creature that I, that someone had to take care of and either treat humanely or not and ended up on my plate. And because of that, we eat a lot less meat just yeah. knowing knowing that process and how hard that is and mm-hmm. that that sacrifice. We yeah. eat a lot more vegetables and a lot less meat now. Right. I, I, I you know, a, a Somebody who is a, a vegan or a vegetarian because of that process, uh, I actually have a lot of respect for them. Because if if you, uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, if you're if you're a person who who truly is uh, against that, I think they're being way more consistent than a person who says they're against it but eats the meat. So I actually have a lot of respect for people who you know say it's part of the pro- you know as long as they're not condemning me for being part of the process and and and, and eating the meat, I actually um, I'm all for it. You know if if that's the way you truly feel. Um, yeah, I think that's great that you take that stand, you know, and say, well, I'm not going to be a part of that, you know, and so I, yeah, I have no problem mm-hmm. with people going that way, uh, with that because I understand it, you know, I, to me, it's way more consistent. Yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, you don't only grow the food. I mean, you're, you feel like it's important to share about the process. You have a YouTube channel, you have a blog. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Why the decision to do that? And, uh, you know, what's your purpose there in that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, my father has plans for me, but I can't even imagine for myself. So I, like I said, I'm out in the garden praying. I, I pray in a garden and my father just said, let's share this. And I was like, okay, well, I'm already sharing my food. Who, who do you want me to share with? You know, I'm giving food to the neighbors and yeah, bring them. Who do I share with? And I just heard everyone. And I was like, well, <laughs> what can I? And I just heard, um, let's not give them fish. Let's teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, how would I share with everyone? I thought, and it just, in my mind, I was like, well, the internet, that's the only way you can share with it, everyone. And so I thought, I've never done a blog. I have no, I had no idea how to do it. I'm terrible with computers. I'm really awful with computers. <laughs> but yep, I started a blog. <laughs> And again, everything was provided for me, you know, as I went. I, um, yeah, and I learned I love it. I love writing. I love everything about it. I love teaching people. I love the community around, you know, that people that I've met through it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. love it. So, yeah, we call, I called it Bloom Where You're Planted. And um, I love taking the pictures for it. I love everything about it. It's really fun. <laughs> it ended up fun. But in the beginning, there were some tears. <laughs> And there yeah. was some late night. It was painful because I really had no idea how to set up a blog. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone to really show me. So, yeah, step by step, I learned how to do it. And um, it, it turned out amazing. At one point, even uh, like about, I'm going to say two years into it, I'm going strong and I'm enjoying it. And my computer totally broke. <sighs> I mean, it just, it sighed its last breath and died. It was an old computer. It wasn't supported by the powers that be anymore, you know, it wasn't updated anymore. So it died and it was just, I just said, okay, I guess I'm done because I don't have the money for a new computer, you know? And, um, so I just prayed to God. I said, okay, well, if, if we're going to continue with this blog, then it's, you're going to have to perform a miracle. And again, I just heard him smile like, yeah, I've never done this before. (laughs) 
And I went to uh, to our homeschool co-op the next week, and a friend of mine walked up to me, and I don't know that she knew anything about my computer dilemma, right? She walked up to me, and she says, I've got this computer. For her, it was an old computer, but for me, it was a brand new computer. <laughs> it was a huge update. She said, I've got this computer. Would you like it? I'm, I'd like to give it to you. And I just, this floored me. I just looked up to heaven. It was like, okay, I got it. We're going to continue. <laughs> and guess, guess what her name was? I'll keep on blogging and doing videos. <laughs> yes, yes. And believe it or not, her name is Angel. That is literally her name. <laughs> so God sent me an angel to keep me going at Bloom Where You Plan on my blog. So, yeah, it's just been an amazing adventure and, yeah, walking with him every step of the way. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a purpose in it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, that many people have been inspired by your, you know, you sharing the things you're doing. And, and, you know, it's like what I hear a lot, you know, I'm doing a little small lot. And even when I first started, you know, I didn't. It's something I never thought I could do. You know, I, I, I didn't think I could do it on a small lot. Sounds like you've been doing it longer than me, um, you know, on your property. Uh, you know, I, uh, I remember when I, you know, I had my cancer diagnosis back in 2012 and I wasn't growing anything mm-hmm. on this property then. And, uh, you know, I didn't think I could. I, it's something that never, ever crossed my mind that I could grow a significant amount of food on my little piece of property. Right. I mean, I just, all my life, I was like, oh, I got to move to the country. I got to move to the country. And it was just something I never thought about. And then I was inspired mm-hmm. by people doing YouTube videos and people running blogs. And I came across some of those blogs and YouTube videos and it inspired me to say, you know what? You can do this right here where you're at. And there, there is a, a lot you can do. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would imagine that you're doing that for a lot of people. And there's probably a lot of people eating more healthy and, you know, eating, you know, all right off their little property because they seen somebody was able to do it on their piece of, of land so i think it's just great that that you're out there sharing it and you know and i'm sure people are getting inspired by it oh i hope so that that's my passion to teach people how to grow their own food right where they're at yeah to start and grow it yeah now you've even went a step further you've been actually uh, teaching some uh courses through um uh, through uh, what's it called the grow network yeah, yeah, Marjorie Wildcraft. Yeah, runs mm-hmm. the Grow Network, and I got a chance to meet her, and she's she's really a real deal. She's a neat lady. Yeah, and brings people together in such a community to to help help learn. It's so neat. Yeah, so I did a uh, well recently the Homegrown Food Summit is still going on right now. Well, when, when the podcast airs, it might not be, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, I did a I did a talk about how or class about presentation about how to beat the squash vine borer and the mm. squash bug because those they're hands down my nemesis yeah i've so. had i've had my battles with those for sure <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah they are tough and then one. i also did also did a rabbit course that i put in her membership area mm-hmm. so um, it's all about how to raise backyard rabbits from yeah. from beginning choosing your rabbit to I, we even have a recipe, you know, to get it on the plate. So, yeah, yeah that yeah. was really, it was fun to do. Yeah. Well, I know that's something that, that Marjorie herself has done for a long time is raised rabbits. Cause I remember seeing years ago, I remember seeing a video of her talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She raised rabbits for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, well, that's great. Yeah. You're, so you're even reaching out beyond the blog and beyond the YouTube channel and, 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 and getting people that way. Cause that, that's a big, uh, they have a big audience. The Grow Network has a really big audience and I know they get a lot of people that, that download those videos and watch them. So yeah, you're really getting out there to a lot of people and being able to share what you're doing there and teach others. And, and again, people are being, I'm sure people are being encouraged and blessed by it. And, um, you're playing a part in putting some healthy food on some people's tables. 
Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that's the idea to get out there and teach people how to grow their own food. Yep. Yeah. So, so what's kind of uh, next for you? Is there anything you can do on your piece of property uh, still, or is there, is there anything you're thinking about expanding into or taking the next steps on, or you just keep on trucking along where you're at and just keep it going and keep on providing good food for your family? Oh, I think there's always more projects. Like um, <laughs> this year, I, yeah, I know you can relate to that. Yeah. This year, I I designed a new rabbit tractor because I'd like to take my rabbits out into my side yard where I have grass. Mm-hmm. I like to have them pasture raised, as you will, as best as I can. I don't really like to raise them in cages so much. So um, I've had real trouble with predators, bobcats yeah. and coyotes, when I had them out in my side yard, which isn't fenced really well. Really? Right right there so, in town, huh? You have the coyote pressure. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And bob bobcat, bad. Mm, yeah. Wow. Um, I had a bobcat actually kill all my chickens one morning, every wow. single one. Wow. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I'm doing a rabbit tractor that I designed. So I'm painting that now. I'm putting that together so that I think I've finally got a predator-proof system. So I'm always like improving different things that mm-hmm. I do. Um, I would love to have goats. I really, really want goats, but I'm not sure that I have a dog. I have a big dog, which is part of the solution to the bobcat problem was this dog that we got. And so it took a lot of training to get her used to the farm animals. Um, so I, I just don't think she would mesh with a goat, but <laughs> with two goats, because you can't just have one. So, but I really, I really, really want a goat. So I don't know, someday I'm not giving up hope for that. <laughs> so, so goes the life of a homesteader, always thinking about the next thing. Even if <laughs> you know. we're always trying to expand or find another place where we can grow something new or get another animal mm-hmm. or something. That's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, sometimes I'm out there and I get so focused on projects mm-hmm. and I'm just going the next thing and it, it becomes kind of work to me. And I'll just feel my father tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, wait, are we having fun yet? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> we did this. We want to enjoy this, right? Abundant joy, right? That's what yeah. this is about. And I'm like, okay, let me breathe, slow down, let me look around and enjoy, enjoy everything, you know? Yeah. What's going so, on around me? I, I tell you what, that's and that's important. It's so easy. It's so easy to get so wrapped up on the next thing and all the hard work and and that you really do. You need to take the time to just stop and look at it and enjoy it. Enjoy the process and enjoy the looks of it. Enjoy the you know the idea of what you're doing for your family and just and just enjoy the blessing and 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 that's important. Mm-hmm. I think that's really really important to do to stop every once in a while. And just think about that because uh, we can we can get so busy in life and things that we just forget to do that, you know? And, and so that's a great point that, that was made to you <laughs> that, yeah, you need to stop and enjoy it and just think about what you already have. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, a lot of people want to grow their own food and, but they seem really stressed by it. And so mm. for me, it's a, it's a stress reliever. So yeah. I've told them, I've told them if, if you really are stressed by going out spending time outdoors and gardening, then, Instead, find a local farmer and buy from them, you know, but if it is a stress relief for you, you know, if it's something that you, you're stressed about keeping up with and it's not enjoyable to you, then find a local farmer, you know, that has pasture raised stuff and do that. But if it is a stress relief, then you're always going to want to be getting out there and doing things because that's your escape, you know? Yeah. Well, with all the things that are going on right now, I would imagine going to the grocery store would be more stressful than growing anything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
I step into a store and I just get nervous right away. <laughs> just so many. You know what's crazy? It's like every place is talking about reducing the number of people in a place. And every time I go into a store, it seems twice as busy as it ever was before. So I, it's just, it's nerve wracking, really. Yeah, yeah. You can just feel the fear. Fear is palatable in people's eyes yeah. and the way they're acting with each other. It's, I, yeah, I usually enjoy going to the store, but I don't so much right now. Yes. So yeah, getting out in the garden is definitely a, a huge stress relief in a time like this, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, give me a secluded area in my garden, just let me put my hands in the dirt, and I'm much happier there. <laughs> yes, but also listening to your podcast, there was one day I was just getting into the fear, I've been watching too much news, and I was getting into the fear, and I was, you know, not in a good place, and I oh, Harold has a new podcast now, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And I listened to it, it just relaxed me. I was like, all right, now I can just relax and start thinking about homestead things again. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, it's part of why I do that, too, is because you talk about how it kind of comforts you a little bit. But I love hearing people's stories. I just love hearing what got them into it and what they're doing. And, well, me, too. And it, yeah. It, it, it makes it encourages me to get out there and do more and be part of things and enjoy it. And, and you know, and I love it that other people are benefiting from that, too. But I'm selfish. It's mm-hmm. kind of more. It's kind of mostly about me. I'm just wanting to get <laughs> getting something out of it <laughs> it's just for me you know it's, it's like i get this uh i get this uh, uh a personal one-on-one counseling from other homesteaders and i don't have to pay for it see i just do a podcast and then i just let you guys listen in see it's really just about me <laughs> well you're doing some great things there and uh you know i just i appreciate what you're doing and i i, I you've been so consistent with putting out videos and blogging and and just being present in all of it and i appreciate appreciate that you know because a lot of people fade off and go away and you know you you just stay at it you know and, and someone say you might not be you don't have this huge youtube channel you don't have this huge blog but you enjoy it and and there's people who are benefiting from it and you just keep plugging away at it and you keep uh, providing some knowledge for people and just you know teaching things and i love that about what you're doing thank you thank you so much yeah i love it yeah it's definitely a calling Definitely yeah. something I'm, I'm passionate about. That's what keeps me going. And then there have been times when I have been discouraged. And I, there have been time, many times I thought about giving up. Yeah. But it really is people like you and my faith in my father that just keep, you know, keep me back out there, you know, keep going. So, well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, you, you do keep going at it because you're doing some really good stuff there for your family and for others. And, uh, and it sounds like your prayer was definitely answered and that you're able to do, uh, what you were, what you were wanting to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, actually, uh, my father dreams things for myself that I couldn't even imagine. I can never, I can never imagine myself where I am like 10 years ago. I just, I just don't have those ideas for myself, actually, you know? <laughs> so, pretty well, cool. That's great. That's great. Well, is there anything you'd like to uh, to leave with the audience before I let you go? Um, I don't know. Just just bloom where you're planted. Just bloom right where, where you planted. are. Yeah. Just right where you are. Start something. You know, start growing your own food. And um, a great place to learn is a community garden. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just get started with something. Even yeah. just start small. You know, you know, yeah. if they're if they're not doing it and they're listening to this podcast, it's obviously something they're thinking about. And yeah, you, you and I both would tell them, don't don't wait. You know, just get out there and plant something. This is a great time of the year right now to just get something going. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's it, it'll never 
It'll always feel overwhelming, I think, until you just do it. And then once you do it, you'll realize, I can do this. And then you, you things yes. will just happen. And as you grow one thing, you'll grow another thing. And it'll just keep on expanding. And it's just like we, was, we, was, we were talking about earlier. Um, it's just an ever-growing thing with homesteaders. We're always wanting the next thing. We're always wanting to grow one more vegetable or, or plant one more bush or grow one, you know, raise one more animal. And it's always something, you know. And and, and I'm, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing, you know, that we always want to just take things to kind of the next level. I mean, there might be a limit, of mm-hmm. course, on what you can do, but it's fun to just expand that and ever expand that. And it's, you know, slightly addicting maybe, but in the yeah. end, it's providing Absolutely. a lot of food for your table, and that's a good thing. Yeah. The other thing I would say is if when you come up against obstacles, pray, because I, yeah. every time my father has provided a way and provided people to instruct me and funds to help me keep going and new computers and just so I would say if you're up against it, ask him, ask him, see what ideas he has for it. <laughs> well, I appreciate your faith. I appreciate everything you're doing. And you keep up the great work because uh, I, I think people are really getting a lot from it. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And I'll make sure that I get uh, links to your YouTube channel and uh, and your blog in the show notes because I know people are going to want to check out what you're doing. Okay. Thanks a lot, Harold. You keep it up, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless. We'll talk to you later. God bless. Bye. <laughs> I really in, enjoyed talking to Dash in, in this episode, and I know you enjoyed listening in. And uh, I think that she had a lot to offer. You know, I think that uh, what she's doing can be a real inspiration to a lot of folks that are in a situation like her, like me, who uh, it's not ideal. You want to start homesteading. You got a little bit of land, maybe just a small spot for a garden, maybe a little place where you can raise you know, some chickens or some rabbits and you want to get started. So just, you know, I hope that this was an inspiration for you today and, uh, it'll just uh, help you take things to the next level and really get things going. So, uh, definitely check out her YouTube channel and her blog. I will put the links to those in the show notes, as I said, and uh, I think you'll really appreciate going and, and checking out everything she's doing. She, she does some really good stuff uh, and I think you'll like it. So, uh, I've been watching her stuff uh, at least a couple years, probably a lot longer. So she's, she's been doing some really cool things. So I'll let you check that out. And, uh, and, and I hope things will be going really well in your homestead. And until next week, happy homesteading and God bless. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To learn more or find more episodes, just head on over to HaroldThornBro.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.